unrealistic seller expectations, value expectations. So we try to address this, and I think we've had a few podcasts. I know a couple guys that have done a couple podcast topics on this. On unrealistic seller value expectations. So that's reasons why deals don't close. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by the president of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Andy. Thank you for asking. Proud of me for not mentioning that I'm an award winner. (laughs) Dang it. I I thought that was going to (laughs) come. I just did it, didn't I? I I ruined it. (laughs) I didn't know if you were going to do the closing with that or, okay, the opening is always going to be the opening. Well, the I, award-winning I, podcast. I noticed your, I noticed a smirk on your face when I did not say it, so I, I, I had to had to work that, that in there for catch. you. We had a couple closings I want you to talk about, and then we'll yeah. introduce our topic for this week and, and next week. Yeah, we had a couple of closings last week. Jay had a couple of Subway franchises that closed. And Subway's a, a, a great franchise. Or, of course, everybody knows about them, but like with all franchises, they can take some time to get through the closing, but um, worked out very well. I got those closed uh, last week and, and got some more coming up. Congratulations to Jay on that closing. I know yeah. that one, uh, he, he worked quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so as I'd mentioned, IBBA and M&A Source uh, does a market pulse. They do a survey of uh, brokers every quarter and we are in possession of yeah. the survey report of Q4 2022. The IBBA, what, who are they? What do they do? So it's an association that we're part of. It's the International Business Brokers Association, and we've uh, found it very beneficial to be part of that organization. The M&A Source is a sister, sister organization basically dealing with mergers and acquisitions professionals, of which we're also a part of that. And uh, the reason we're part of those is to bring consistency and professionalism to our industry. And we definitely are, I feel like we're one of the leaders in making sure that all of our brokers are educated, that we're consistent in our approach, that we also understand how business brokers and business intermediaries across the across the globe, actually, how they do business, and uh, we, we learn a lot from, from other people that go to those conferences. So a lot of classes, a lot of education. The Market Pulse is something that is done, as I mentioned, quarterly, mm-hmm. and it was created to gain an accurate understanding of the market condition for businesses sold in Main Street, so values of $0 to $2 million. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite $0 business you've sold? <laughs> That's, you know what? I wouldn't even put it on there. So, again, me. It's confidential. <laughs> and the lower middle market values, which is about $2 million to $50 million. What's your favorite $50 million business you've sold? You know, can I talk about the one that we sold that was over $50 million as being my favorite? I'll allow it, but the sur- I just want you to know that the survey does yeah. not take that one into account. <laughs> so that you can talk yeah. about that. I'm, I'm not going to. So again, just a level set. When we talk about Main Street, we're talking about zero dollars to two million. Mm-hmm. When we're talking yeah. about lower middle market, we're talking two million to fifty million. Where are we playing most of the time? Most of the time, we're in that two to ten million. I think that's that's where a lot of our our activity is. 
course, we're going to be in the half million. We're going to be in the, you know, the local market. I think for volume, talking about number of deals done every year, we're going to be in that two to two to 10 million range. Well, let's jump into the topic. So independently, we both liked, why don't deals close? That was one of the topics. That was one of the survey questions. Right. And, and answered by everyone, like a few hundred brokers. Yeah, let me go back seen. to this was uh, the Q4 2022 survey was conducted January 1st through 15th. Mm-hmm. 2023 and was completed by 493 business brokers and M&A advisors. Respondents completed 392 transactions this quarter. This is the 43rd edition of this report. Nice. So more stats. More stats. I'm a stats guy. You are. Why don't deals close? What's the number one reason, and is it surprising to you? You know, this is interesting because this is a global survey, and. The number one reason, unrealistic seller expectations, value expectations. So we try to address this, and I think we've had a few podcasts. I know a couple guys that have done a couple podcast topics on this. On unrealistic seller value expectations. So that's reasons why deals don't close. So what's an unrealistic seller value expectation? The Wall Street Journal said Facebook bought this company at a 10 times revenue multiple right i mean so those are the things that the yeah, sellers okay. see and hear so they're sometimes they end up listening to the wrong advisor or cousin eddie what was interesting is you know we've talked about it and we aren't alone in this yeah so across it's across the board across the board doesn't matter yeah. if it's a main street or middle market right, right. unrealistic seller expectations you know, we, we touched on seller's remorse. Do you think seller's remorse also carries into this unrealistic seller value expectation? When through due diligence and further negotiation with, you know, when there are discoveries made, I think there is some seller remorse that might come out of that and they don't want to negotiate and they say, well, I could earn the same amount if I just work three more years, I'll make this money, right? Uh, we hear that quite a bit. So. Um, sometimes they're looking looking for ways of, of not completing a deal, um, and then the value comes into that. Unrealistic well, expe- seller expectations. I think that they that oftentimes sellers Huge. can have mm-hmm. a misinformation, and we've done episodes on getting a valuation, a neutral yeah. third party valuation, and what's right. the benefit of that. I think that the the main benefit is that is going to set realistic seller expectations. Mm-hmm. And again, if the number is not right, we have a path to get you to the right number, but it does take time. Right. You know, that's about a, a quarter of the time on the survey that, that that's the reason why deals fall apart. But we try to focus up front on getting the price right. So if we're, not, if we're dealing with somebody we think unrealistic, then we try to work with them ahead of time mm-hmm. and advise them on, like you were saying, you will, maybe we wait till the end of 23 and, and price it at that point, uh, if that's what you're looking for. And so there are other reasons why deals fall apart, of course. So that's just one, and, and yeah, that was, but we are trying to limit that by getting it, the pricing right the first time. One of these that surprised me, was economic uncertainty was the second reason for deals falling apart. On, on some of the larger transactions, I, I too. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where I talked to a seller a couple days ago, and I asked him why he was wanting to sell, and I you can't make this stuff up. 
well, you know, as long as Joe Biden's in office, there's no way that I can run this business. And it's like, look, if, you know, if, if who's sitting in the Oval All Office is going to be the reason why you decide to sell or not sell, like, yeah. I don't know that you're necessarily really that serious. Right, right. And I think that economic uncertainty is one of those things where if, if economic uncertainty is the reason why your deal fell apart, it, it, unless I'm misinterpreting it. Yeah. I don't think that that's a deal that's ever going to get you know, through because our economic uncertainty is always there. Is that, you know, and we also, the buyer side and seller side, right? So we have two different views here. And I've seen deals on the larger deals where we've got private equity groups involved, and then all of a sudden they'll get cold feet if in something's changed in the environment and they're quick to pull the trigger and say, yeah, this is, we're, we're off of this now. Where I think individual buyers will tend to hang on to a deal and, and understand that they've got a, maybe a longer time frame to, to make something happen. And this is a little bit more their, their job, I guess, that they're going to be running this themselves where the private, they're, they're looking at an investment these private equity groups. So they'll, they'll pull the plug if they feel like there's something's changed in the economy. I also noticed that poor financials and financing were on here. Any thoughts on, like, I feel like those two would go hand in hand. Yeah. To say we've, and we'll talk about some, some other things uh, in this survey regarding financing too, but we get most of our deals have bank funding. And so we have to have pretty solid financial statements and tax returns. We know that going into it. So I don't feel like for us that the poor financials tend to be a huge issue for us. It is up front when we know that they're poor to start with, but I think we're, we try to deal with that before we get the engagement or before we really market it, that we've got tax returns and kind of understand what they're at. I think what happens in probably in the poor financials is in due diligence when a buyer's digging into it and they're doing a quality of earnings report or something and they're having difficulty getting to the the right information, then that could be a reason why maybe a buyer pulls out because they just can't trust what their backroom operation's telling them or what their accounting system's telling them. I also wonder too if poor financials is one of those things where that our firm's philosophy may differ from mm-hmm. other business brokers that are will yeah. take any listing that comes through I the think so. comes yeah. through the door and yeah. you know we're going to sell or finance it and yeah. it, throw all the ad backs on I think that we are seeking it clean books clean financials able to get yeah. SBA funding that's what we're looking for that's right. what our buyers want right don't mess around with the well one of my first I I, I vividly remember like three, four weeks in, I, I came to you with a bar in a small town, and I said, on his tax returns, he tells me he does 150000 in revenue, but when I talk to him, he says that he does three fifty. just doesn't want to get the government involved in the 200 in cash, and you said, walk away. Yeah. Tell him thanks, but no thanks. This is not what we do here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I, glad I said that. Must have caught you on the right day, right? <laughs> You look at our, our the deals that we went we went through our meeting today, and we've got quite a few deals under contract, and the majority of those deals are going to go to closing, and we know that they are because we learned from the past that if we put something out there, great, we've got an offer, but then if we've got 
junk financials that are going to be presented to the bank, we know we're not going to get financing. And the buyer's not going to pay cash. Seller's not going to finance the whole deal. So why, why beat our head against the wall? You know, let's look for, let's talk to clients ahead of time and make sure they got their financials in order and they're telling the true story. Also, my, my two favorite ones on here, these are also, it's often the lowest percentage ones that t- tend to be the favorite. Uh, deal fatigue. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite deal fatigue story? Because <laughs> I get deal fatigue on every single one of these, <laughs> but I don't think they're talking oh about me. Oh, my gosh. I think we just had one a little bit, although the deal fatigue and side hustle was the other one, right? So yeah. it seems like there's a combo here on the one that just fell apart, and it was... This has been a, 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 somebody's worked on a seller for a couple of years, and this is the second time that it's fallen apart. It's taking months and months and months to get to a transaction with an industry buyer, a large industry buyer, and husband's side hustle is killing the deal because I think his ego is hurt. His wife's business is worth multi-millions of dollars, his little side hustle, he's not getting credit for. And the buyer doesn't need it, doesn't want it. You know, so trying to appease him and it's still not working. So the deal's dead because of this little side hustle. Because of deal fatigue. Yeah, months and months and months. So that buyer is not, if this seller comes back around, the buyer's not interested ever again talking to this seller. I had one fall apart last year because of deal fatigue. And yeah. what it was is that the buyer, and it, I don't know where it would fall on this this um, on this survey because I think the official reason, the official cause of death would be deal fatigue. But mm-hmm. realistically, the buyer was just having trouble obtaining financing. Yeah. And the seller got tired of, look, you told me this thing was going to close on October 31st. We're right. November 15th. You still don't have your financing in order. I'm out. Yeah. I want to, yeah. I want to go back on the market. I want, yeah. you know, I want to entertain other buyers because I've had this thing off the market now for, yeah. you know, six or eight weeks and you still haven't gotten financing. It's great. You're doing all this other stuff, yeah. but you haven't gotten your financing in place. So, so I don't know how that one would, I, I don't know, remember how I would have answered that question yeah. to be honest with you, whether it was de- deal fatigue or. It's, it's hard in those situations too, to say, yeah, we're done with that buyer. At what point? And, and there have been times where we've told the seller, we said, listen, I think we need to cut the buyer loose. We, we're not seeing this happening. And the seller may really like the buyer, think they might be the right buyer for the business, and are, they're willing to hang on. And then they realize after two more months that, yeah, you guys are right. We put, should have pulled the plug earlier. Yeah. Over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to stay on this, uh, this Market Pulse survey. And some of the things that we're going to talk about are exit planning, financing the deals, buyer types. Multiples paid, you know, what a typical deal looks like. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of meat on the bone for um, for this particular one, so we wanted to make it a standalone. I think on some of these others, we'll be combining some of these surveys and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But we'll be back over the next couple of weeks to talk about some of the other things that, that we found out in this survey. So... Before we let you get out of here, of course, we're going to send you to our website, kcapex.com. That's going to be where you can find these podcasts, our blogs, active businesses to sell, what it's like to be a buyer, what it's like to be a seller. Our inventory is low. Is that what they say in the uh, the, the car dealer 
right we have right. more uh we have more we have more buyers i think we have more under contract right now in yeah. exclusive due diligence than we have active right. yeah so we can we're, we're, we want to talk to you if you've got a business yeah. to sell the, the good news is uh they're selling for sure yeah there's no economic uncertainty here no. <laughs> right <laughs> all right if you're looking at buying or selling a business we got you fam